I saw Red Sparrow. Oh, well, you can bring that up. Uh, it, I mean, it'll be pretty brief. I mean, I just until you see it. Okay. Ninetieth. Why does that matter? Well, I mean, I you're gonna go see it, so it's not like I want to. No, the ninetieth Academy Awards. Why are you typing? Oh, I, I was just googling it. Okay. Because the winners. You don't just Google like Oscars twenty eighteen. In this particular situation, I googled ninetieth Academy Awards. That's... Hmm. Okay. Is that is that bothersome to you? I just find it a little odd, personally. Okay. Is there anything I do that you don't find odd personally? No. Yes. Okay. Wow. I gotta say, you've always been a good friend. You're it's so like, kind. Like, who who won the Super Bowl this year? I know. I'll Google uh, XII Super Bowl. I'm sorry. No, it's LII. A little different. Is it? Is it really with the Ro- with the Roman numerals? Who won the World Series this year? I think it's like the 157th. Let me Google that. Yeah, I'm making those numbers up. Don't Google me or email me. Whatever. Um, all right. Of course, this is where you want to start the podcast. I at least we're on the same wavelength there. Mm. You hate that, don't you? What's up? The whole the whole intro thing. I feel like it it it, it like bothers you every time we do that. You're like, oh, you're recording, uh, aren't you? I think it's interesting where you. I, I know where you'll start it. Oh, really? I'll put it that way. But you yeah. don't listen to the podcast, so how would you know? Hello, and welcome to Headcanon. I am Benjamin Light. And I am Marco Sparks. Indeed. And we are here to discuss uh, pop culture or whatever. Uh, mostly talking about Logan, the 2017 X-Men spinoff. But I think we might do a little bit of Oscar talk first. If that's all right with you. It's absolutely fine with me. Uh, I should, I, 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 the... Let me just throw this out yes. there. Disclaimer real quick. Um, we will be talking Logan spoilers, obviously. So there you go. Yeah. There's your warning. But the and I thought I was the last person to have seen it. Um, really? Yeah. I uh, Until we tweeted something, and then a couple people were like, oh, I haven't seen this yet. So I was like, oh, okay, good company. Um, somebody started telling me that like a lot of the newspapers, on, on, like on Friday or Saturday, they were telling me a lot of newspapers are, are saying Shape of Water is a lock. And I was like, that's stupid. That can't be. Mm. And Boom. I've been so, yeah, I've been so just not into the oscars the last few years so i was just like i'm I'm gonna just check in later i feel like it i checked the internet and it was all done like much earlier than it usually is that's no, my it feeling was, it was still like a four-hour show <laughs> was it okay it just started five, uh, that's all oh okay okay that's why because i was like at 9 30 i was like oh wow they already have best picture and it's uh the fish fucking movie um i just that's a problem <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it and I'll love it, but I just I don't want to watch it and I don't want to love it. So Yeah, I don't know. For me, Del Toro is one of those guys, like he clearly is talented in what he does. I'm just not into it at all. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. There's like certain certain like directors, artists, actors, whatever, who are kind of like 
they had this weird sort of like mass acceptance and like the like the nerd communities you know like del toro is one of those mm-hmm. guys right like all the nerds love him like or somebody like uh mm-hmm. like charlotte copley everyone fucking loves that guy and i don't know why yeah. but like Ugh. don't don't say a bad thing about him on the internet they'll come after you fuck charlotte copley yeah, they're gonna come after you now i don't know del toro i'm just not into what he's doing like he's he's got a very specific vibe with lots of like little turning gears and creepy creatures and whatnot and I'm just not there for it. I'm not into his brand of fairy tale, put it that way. Yeah. Um, uh, Shape of Water is one of the three Oscar movies or Oscar nominated films I did not see. Um, I don't really plan to. So, whatever. I guess it's better than like Dunkirk winning, maybe. I don't know. Um, or the post. Well, Dunkirk, I've just made peace with. A lot of people like this movie more than I do. So. I'm mo- I'm mostly I mean, annoyed it, that Dunkirk won for sound awards. That just it, uh. that seems kind of funny to me. But uh, somewhere in his career, it makes sense to me like a guy like Nolan get an Oscar. Um, I mean, I'm glad they gave the uh, the runner up award to Jordan Peele. Um, it makes me wish there was another runner up award for Greta Gerwig because I feel like they. They're people that I would like to see walk away with fancy I mean, trophies. If, if if you must give Shape of Water best picture, I would have done Jordan Peele director and then uh, Greta Gerwig script. But you know, what do I know? Yeah, do the upset thing, um, which is very rare that they split it like that. But yeah, they they uh, it's been doing it more recently. It seems like kind of just to spread it around a little. But yeah, what do you think about Oldman's best actor? whatever i mean i saw that movie he was fine it's just like it seems like such a boring oscar-y type of performance it's just like i'm just gonna cover himself in 60 pounds of makeup and you know waddle around and do a churchill impression like i just i didn't find it a very compelling performance Hmm. it's like yeah you you disappeared into the role but i didn't find you that interesting i guess hmm uh, Francis McDormand, you know, I'm 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 very okay with. I had a feeling walking out of Three Billboards that Rockwell would win. Uh, it's one of those classic cases that like the worst human being is the is the character is the complicated shitty character that the movie loves mm-hmm. spending time with. Um, and he so like I haven't he, seen he, that he does movie. devour the season. I haven't yeah. seen that movie. I saw like somebody like posted like a YouTube clip, and they're like this amazing like long take shot is like the best scene in the movie. And it's just like him walking across the street and like punching some guy and throwing him out a window and like yeah. punching a woman and then walking back. And I was just like, eh, I mean, I guess maybe it's a little more emotionally impactful if you've seen the rest of the movie, but mm. uh, it's, it's horrific is what it is. That was the thing. I, I guess it seems so stagey to me, like the, the long take aspect of it that I wasn't really, like, really like feeling the, the violence of it. It just seemed like, I don't know there's something about those like those long take, you know, like kind of masturbatory shots that like it there's a there's a disconnect because you're I don't know, I just find myself like looking at like how they did it and like wondering like, you know, they had to take the steady cam up the stairs there and then they probably had this guy like with a makeup pack in his hand to like put blood on his face, like when the camera's pans away, you know, like I find myself thinking about that when I see those like long kind of like masturbatory take shots. 
Uh, I tend to think about uh, the director who's just off screen, like jerking off at how proud they are to do the long take. And isn't this just the ultimate stupid cinephile thing? Mm-hmm. Um, the word you use, though, is how I would describe Rockwell's entire performance, which is stagey. Again, he's not bad. Uh, like I said, I, I can see where he deserves the Oscar for it. Considering I haven't seen enough of the... Actually, I take that back. Oh, I've, other than Woody Harrelson, I haven't seen any of the other movies. But it felt to me like that textbook. If I was to sit down and write a script, and here's a character, and I'm going to write this character to get a good actor to get them an Oscar. I feel like that's how his role was written for the most part. Let me ask you um, this. If uh, yeah. be out of ballot... And Adam Driver was also on it. Now you've seen Last Jedi. You've seen Three Billboards. Do you give it to Sam Rockwell still, or do you give it to Adam Driver? Hmm. Uh, knowing that, knowing that you dislike Adam Driver, I give it to Rockwell only because there is so much more that he's doing. Hmm. I I would say that like Adam Driver in Last Jedi is certainly on the path if more of the movie had been about him and he'd been allowed to chew a little more scenery and smash a few more helmets into elevator lighting fixtures and stuff like that, I could see it. Mm-hmm. I, hell, I watched part of Logan and I was like, damn, you Jack, man. It's not I, bad. I mean, it, I haven't seen all the best actor nominees, but like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have hated it if he was one of them. Adam Driver for actor or supporting actor uh, for uh, Hugh Jackman for actor. I mean, that's definitely oh, okay. a lead role. You know, I think the problem is it's, you know, there's too many scenes of him in a wife beater with like fake claws, like, ah, as he runs yeah, I mean, the, the Academy's not going to go for that. But. but like some of the scenes and we'll talk about it and get to it. But like some of the scenes, like just the bearing of Charles Xavier, whoops, spoiler. Um, like his scene there, it, it's acting is, is fantastic. I, I feel like there's a version of this movie that could have been a little less actiony and a little more award grabby. Um, Well, before we get into that, are there any other Oscars you want to talk about? Um, Didn't Dunkirk get like film editing too? Let's find out. Just like in the award for the most editing goes to the award for the loudest sound goes to. Yep. Dunkirk. Yeah. Uh, Well, the nominees are, interesting and shape editing. of water got like production design didn't it that that annoyed me let me scroll oh uh did you would you want to say some stuff about roger deacons yes it did get best production um it's a deacons one so everybody can stop complaining that he doesn't have an oscar now i mean not, he's talented but it's like uh give it a rest film fan, film fanboys you know yeah well i mean i whenever i see those things on the internet where it's like here's a random shot from like a roger deacons mm-hmm. shot movie I think, oh yeah, that is kind of surprising. He doesn't have an Oscar, but I don't, I don't know. I don't feel there too is a little about it. There's a little bit of showiness to what he does that I think yeah. doesn't always serve his movies well. Like Skyfall, yeah, has a lot of great shots and all, but I feel like it maybe isn't getting into the character as much as it should be. Like in the you know in the way that it's directed and shot, it's just kind of like it's just splashy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's 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 a both uh, potentially a fault of the cinematographer and, and yeah, yeah. You know, the bend of the movie. Because it stops being Bond's movie about halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some of these, these, like, I guess I'm glad that, you know, Phantom Thread won costume design being a movie I about. I kind of had to, didn't it? Like, yeah, a fashion. 
Kobe Bryant has an Oscar. Mm. Okay. Wait, that's, I missed that. What did he win it for? I mean, I saw some, his name come up. Like, produce some animation thing. I don't know. On on Me Too Night, that's uh, not exactly on brand. Well, I'm just glad that what's his name Ben Affleck's little brother didn't show up again. Or did he? Somebody tell me. Did he? I don't. I mean, I don't know if he was there in the audience or not. But no, he didn't present. I know that. I think I had tuned into last year's when uh, like Brie Larson had to get her award from him. Maybe it was the year before. Whichever no, she she gave out the award that's right, to that's him. Right. I'm yeah. sorry, that's right. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, that's a real shame. Mm-hmm. Time's up, uh, Casey Affleck. Anyways, the Oscars—they're dumb. I don't know why I care because you just go look at the Best Picture winners the last twenty years, and you're get a whole lot of what, why. I mean, the artist. Yeah, King's Speech. Shakespeare and the love. King's the King's speech versus the, the social network that was really mind. the year where it was crystallized for me. Yeah, trash. Wait, the beautiful mind has a has an Oscar. Yeah, and Gladiator. Uh, oh, fuck Gladiator. Yeah, get that clacky clacky keyboard going. Mm-hmm. Just doing some googling. And Spotlight was one of those movies where I, I kind of felt like it's very solid. I didn't know if it was like a best picture. I mean, movie. I don't know what else wins that year. I mean, Spotlight is a very watchable movie, but yeah, that, that was a weird, I, you know, Mad Max should have won that year. Um, mm. Right. That was 2015. But this is one of those split years where the best director went to the Revenant. The Revenant was trash. I'm sorry. That is, that did not deserve an Oscar for the director or for Leonardo DiCaprio. As like he's not even like the fourth or okay, he is the fourth best performer in that movie. After Tom Hardy and two After other people, Tom Hardy, Donald Gleason, and uh, that like Will Poulter kid who's in hmm. those Maze Runner movies. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Which one is he in Maze Runner? Birdman now looks like a big miss. He's he's one of just like the random other kids in the maze. Argo, okay. I mean, man, these are these are weak. That's such a stupid fucking movie. <laughs> it's so dumb. Chicago, I mean, really, Chicago. I don't know. the The Academy is just very predictable most of the time, and what they do. Every so often, a weird one sneaks in, but. Hmm. Uh, oh, that's right, because Argo beat Zero Dark Thirty, and that still hurts me. Well, it's just because of all the political controversy about that movie. <sighs> Which, I don't know, Like it, now that like Weinstein's out of the way, maybe they could go back to not having these massive like campaigns for movies. Like, could you just go back to like the, uh, the trade advertisements, you know, the for your consideration? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I was I was thinking about that with the wine scene thing and, and just his his mafia esque like campaigns of mm-hmm. influence. I was listening to some podcasts where they're talking about like whether or not Timothy Chalamet had a chance. It's like, oh, he's young, he's gonna like schmooze the voters at like the luncheons they have, and it's like, why the fuck is that part of Oscar voting? You know, like yeah, like that that should not have anything to do. It should just be like a ballot that you get. Uh, I don't know well, why, that's anything, why I don't know about like I, why don't why do I care about this because it's such a dumb like corrupt 
you know industry anyways yeah well it's it's becoming a little bit more like uh oh what is the one the golden globes yeah the yeah. fucking hollywood foreign press um yeah fuck it all right all right we're gonna talk about logan now yes 2017 film starring hugh jackman daphne Keene, charles xavier that's not his real name patrick stewart and um boyd holbrook what do you think of this movie you go first what's your opening Uh, statement i'll just i'll be as brief as i can for you to deride uh i enjoyed this movie um i had a feeling i would i don't know it wasn't like there was a resistance to see it it was just something i I never kind of caught up with and i had a feeling it kind of would go in the direction it did and i just wasn't sure if i wanted to feel those emotions about this or just you know it wasn't it wasn't a terrible necessity to me hmm. i enjoyed this movie it's uh it's children of men mixed with shane mix of an x-men movie i really appreciate not having to watch another iteration of the dark phoenix saga play out yet again i like how it it kind of i mean, reconciles I mean you're, you're going to in a little bit you're, you're getting yes. the dark phoenix well, am I though? Because I haven't seen Apocalypse, and I don't know if I really care to see Dark Phoenix. So maybe I'm not. Anywho, uh, I kind of like how the movie reconciled the idea of the X Men being something like celebrities or being known or dealing with their legend. Uh, I had a chuckle that Mangold pitched this to Jackman in the studio as like a very bloody, very existential little Miss Sunshine, and I just appreciated that. I, I don't want to be like those guys because I don't like Deadpool, but I appreciate there was an R-rated movie, not so much for the gore and violence though, that very much is the language of this character, but just that in between the action sequences, which are not even the best part of this movie, you had something slower. So like by saying that this is for adults, it gave you something more character driven and in between those lines. And it was a lot better that character driven stuff than, than the X-Men movies typically give you, or most viewers would think is possible. So in that regard, um, I enjoyed it. I'm glad we, I'm glad we did it. Hmm. Okay. Where would you rank this among the various X-Men movies? Ooh, I was thinking about that. Let me, let me flip over to Wikipedia here just to get a list of all soon to be 10. Am I correct? I don't even know. I mean, do you count Deadpool? Is that? I have no idea. No, I wasn't even counting Deadpool because fuck that. Uh, I guess you would have to. So there are just listing for people of all the X-Men movies, X-Men, X2, X-Men The Last Stand, X-Men First Class, X-Men Days of Future Past, X-Men Apocalypse, soon to be X-Men Dark Phoenix. Then there's X-Men Origins, Wolverine, The Wolverine, and Logan. I would put this possibly somewhere, depending on how I I guess the mood I'm in, somewhere in the one to three. Hmm, Okay. Mark. I'm guessing your other two would include X2... And what the Wolverine? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Would you disagree? <laughs> I wouldn't. Um, there are a lot of people out there that like First Class. I am personally not too much of that movie. It's shit. I, I a lot of a- people people like that movie. Like they like I don't know. I don't get it. I'm not a Matthew Vaughn fan. I don't. There's something about the way he directs that feels very Mickey Mouse. Like he doesn't know how to like take anything seriously. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, 
No, thank you. Anyways, um, yeah, I really like this movie. I mean, this movie to me it just feels like a like a culmination of everything that you can do with a comic book premise if you're really willing to commit to the consequences. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the violence is shocking, but it's almost like more honest uh, instead of just being exploitive. Like this is mm-hmm. this is what you would get with a character like Wolverine with his claws, you know, like in in mm-hmm. real life. Um, I feel like I knew James Mangold had this movie in him because the Wolverine while flawed was great. Um, and it, he really just kind of strips everything down here. It's like a really deep character focus on Logan. Very simple premise. It's like the stakes are personal. There's no laser beam in the sky. There's no like big world ending battle. It's basically just a road movie about a suicidal guy. Who's like just doggedly insisting on this dream about buying a boat that makes no sense and will never happen. You know, like a it's, I love how like small and stupid, his stakes and his goals are. He just needs like fifty thousand dollars, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think the MCU is definitely one way to do comic book movies, and they're all very entertaining. I feel like this is another way to do them if you're if you're willing to really provide like definitive endings to a story. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really like this movie. I I think this is the kind of movie you get with an actor who spent 17 years with the role who seemingly though getting well paid for it said yes. Every time the studio called Mm -hmm. and then like taking a massive pay cut. (laughs) I mean, I don't think it's an accident that him and James Mangold were kind of back together on this one. I think they had a lot of fun with the Wolverine and I think all the parts of that movie that don't work feel very much like studio notes. And you kind of, if you watch that movie, you can get a sense of what they wanted to do, and you see a lot of it in this movie. Yeah. Well, and this movie is very interesting because if you've seen the Wolverine and the way that movie ends, which is kind of an exciting like potential of things to come, this kind of feels like it's actually like Wolverine Four, you know? Yeah, yeah, really. And it's like a third movie that that because am I? Is it the a deleted scene where they show like the the briefcase with like the potential costume in it. Yeah, it's in a deleted scene. Mm-hmm. Okay, because um, it's kind of interesting that you get the 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 past tense, not quite true version with the comic books featuring basically that outfit where he reads about himself. Um, kind of like this nebulous space where like yeah maybe maybe those adventures with Yukio and everything did happen mm-hmm. and the others, but yeah, this movie is just good and. At some point, we need to do identity on this podcast. <laughs> that movie—that's another uh, James Mangold first two acts are good type of movie. That movie's fucking bonkers, but you know what? I kind of love it still. Mm-hmm. Um, well, do you have a uh, top moments? Let me ask you a question: How many mm-hmm. top moments do you have? I have three honorable mentions and three top moments. I'm so glad to hear you say that because okay. I also have three honorable mentions and I had to I had to like really hold my feet to the fire to keep it to six because I feel like there's a lot there's, of there's a lot of just very like a grade moments in this movie for sure. Yeah, some of these are going to be your basic. Yes, of course. And some I try to like throw some of the other ones that are that are no brainers out just to get other stuff. So anyways, my number six is the smallest one. It's when they're at like the Munson farm and Laura goes into the Munson boy's room i don't remember his name Mm -hmm. and i just love the way as he's like listening to his music and she just kind of like quietly glides through his room looking at everything and there's a point where she just like leans down like close to his face fully in his space just owning it no 
no concern, <laughs> no self-awareness, or, or like she doesn't care. He's just getting more and more nerved before he just finally nervously hands her the other earbud. Mm-hmm. Um, she has like a presence in that scene that I think is just as, as viable as all the, sh- the shit where she pops some claws and like stabs people to death. Yeah, no, that's that's a good moment. Um, that was Nate Munson. Poor Nate. <laughs> Munson family, they get it rough. Yeah. Uh, my honorable mention, you okay there? Down the wrong, wrong pipe? Yeah, I took wrong pipe. <laughs> All right. I don't know why I'm laughing at you. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I can't wait till the day where something happens, like a minor road accident, where I go into the water and I'm drowning, and you're like taking a selfie of me in the background. How are hey, you look, drowning? Everyone, Marco's, Marco's first, waiting. First of all, really, I'm just. First of all, I don't take selfies. Okay. I'm just not that kind of guy. I feel like you would break that rule. Tonight you would break your one rule. Mm. <laughs> it's the last selfie you could take with me. Okay. Hey everyone, I'm literally in. Phil Collins is in the air tonight with this guy. <laughs> just waiting for the drum solo. Oh, oh god. That's my OCD. Honorable mention number one, number three, whatever order we're going in. Um just when it's when they're at the Munson house and Logan takes Charles upstairs and Charles has this little kind of mini monologue where he says, this is what life looks like. Um, mm. You know, it's, it's in the trailer, um, you know, a home people that love you, something like that. Um, that's just like, there's, there's just some great fucking Xavier lines in this. And that's one of them. Um, and it, it really like, it's so much more serious and I don't know, thoughtful than you would typically get in a comic book movie, you know? Mm-hmm. especially for a character like Logan who's like just never even in the good times of the X-Men he's never really had that kind of feeling of family or you know belonging I guess mm-hmm. we should also say this is a perfect swan song for the Professor X uh-huh. Patrick Stewart character too it's like He's finally got the meat on the bones that he's never been given. Patrick Stewart's previous movies. He's throwing 110 miles an hour in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. I mean, even like McAvoy never got Mm. real shit to work with. Um, My number five moment is towards the beginning after Logan has used the train to evade the Reavers where the movie kind of does this almost Mad Max, almost Fast and the Furious type stunt where he gets around the train Mm -hmm. crashing a car into it. There's just this classic cinema western style oh, yeah. where he shares that look of Donald as the train moves between them that kind of like you've won mm-hmm. for now look <laughs> which and then it but like I'm, in, I'm sitting there and I'm drinking it in I'm loving it and then finally I'm like god damn it Logan get moving <laughs> this lead is only gonna <laughs> see, last for see so me long. this train's gonna go in by for like 10 minutes or something yeah don't waste his head start just staring at the guy mm-hmm I mean, I guess that's enough time to get away. I don't know. They don't have any like helicopters. Uh, yeah, my honorable mention number two. Big spoilers, obviously. The uh, the X grave marker at the end. I mean, I mean, come on. If that if that didn't get a little little twinge in 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 your in your heart, then maybe you're a robot. Mm. Maybe. Um, my number four moment. I'm I'm cutting out the Oklahoma city hotel room stuff. I'm going to go here with the, the Munson family dinner, which I believe I read was like somewhat improvised. 
And you just get to see like Logan and Professor X and Laura just enjoying the idea of family around the dinner table with the Munsons. It's what life it's touching. Looks like. Yeah, it's touching. It's tragic as fuck because mm-hmm. you just know they're slathering on like the the pain to come even more. Mm-hmm. Well, that is a moment in the movie where it kind of feels like it slows down a little, and you're like, "What exactly is going on?" You know, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, they're just." They're just laying it on thick because this is about to be awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, my honorable mention number three. It's a small thing, but the the like the auto driven trucks, the weird like semi trucks without drivers. Mm-hmm. That to me is such like a perfect dystopian future type of idea. That just like these asshole trucks that just honk at you as they drive by and don't even slow down. You know, like. It seems like just the sort of horrible future we'll probably have. The we should say because we haven't really talked about the plot of this movie. The movie's set in 2029, and it really has that kind of perfect like five minutes in the future feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just enough that's futuristic or, or evolved it's, technology. It's very understated. Yeah, it's not it's not crazy Blade Runner shit or anything like that. Yeah. Um, all right. So my number three moment kind of getting back into what what some people showed up to the movie for it's just when laura slowly walks out of like wolverine's like little like factory shanty house complex no no that moment yeah donald donald pierce is freaking out the reverse just trying to control her he's like he's scared like no 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 and he and she's holding a dude's fucking head (laughs) and like slowly wolverine realizes what her mutation is as she pops her claws and i was just like damn like that, that, that could have been so much worse than any other movie in anyone else's hands. Yeah, I mean that's essentially my number three as well. Just the escape from the compound of Mexico. Um, it is shockingly violent, and like I, I do feel like the violence is not without purpose. Like seeing this little girl have like a harpoon shot through her, and she just like shrugs it off and like guts some more dudes. Like it has an impact, you know. And you're you're seeing like what a potential monster she could grow into just because like her life is just like this unending spree of like blood. Um, and then like mm-hmm. when they try to get away, they like try to drive through the, uh, the, the fence and they can't get through. Like it's such a, <laughs> such a great subversion, you know, like typical action movie tropes where the, the limo think, can't bust through it. Do you think they were going to bounce back like a rubber band? I mean, like in most movies, they just plow right through that, you know, and instead right. they just kind of like get hung up on it. For a second, I thought he was going to like have the limo was going to be like propelled back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like Laura is it is shocking because she is a child. The violence of her feels so fucking real. There's only two times in the movie where the, the violence felt very movie to me. And that's it's the two times that she does like a like a flip. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's clearly wire like work. Wire work. Yeah. Yeah, um, the, the part else, where she covers up Charles, like because they're getting shot at, you know, and she's yeah. like taking bullets for him, is just like wow. Yeah, she's basically the the fearless girl statue from Wall Street, but you know, feral and full mm-hmm. of rank claws. Uh, my number two moment is, I mean, come on, man, it's Professor X telling Logan as he stands over him in the the dark bedroom in the Munson house. This was just an utterly perfect day, which he doesn't deserve, and then we discover. It's X-24, so you're the younger. Just, you're stealing all my moments here. Yeah. Let me give you the exact line of dialogue. He says, okay. you know, Logan, 
this was without a doubt the most perfect night I've had in a very long time. And I don't deserve it, do I? Yeah. The younger soulless, totally feral clone of Wolverine who then just stabs Frederick Stewart through the heart of his claws and us through the heart. Mm -hmm. And it's incredibly powerful because earlier in the movie, in one of his brief moments of the city, Professor X says something like, I always know who you are, even if I don't recognize you. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's that I didn't quote the whole thing, but he's him admitting that he realizes that he's the one who killed the X-Men. And mm-hmm. like he feels so much guilt for it, and he's trying to have this moment, and then it's not even Logan; it's this like insane clone instead. And like yeah. those are his last moments, or some of them, you know. Well, it's almost like a thank you to Logan too for the, the letting them both run away for as long as they could from that like tragic, mm-hmm. you know, thing. Is that your number two? That is also my number two. Yeah, um, I mean, I think we we covered it there. It's a great moment. Tragic moment, um, a great moment. My number one, uh, interesting enough, um, I guess uh, I've I've passed the what is it the Voight-Kampf test. I'm not a robot. It's when Laura turns the cross over Logan, Logan's grave to the side, making an X. I mean, when I saw that in theater, I was just like, ooh. It's man. one of those moments where I don't know that I was expecting it, but it feels like I should have. It been. feels it was so perfect once you see it. Yeah, utterly really. no perfect and yeah i mean i was i was sitting on the couch and i think i reached down and i was just like gripping the cushion a little bit and, oh, I, was, I was curious what you're gonna be gripping there yeah i was gripping the cushion this time and i i might have done like the, like the you know don't look at me mm-hmm. i'm not crying i'm not crying i swear but just don't look at me for strong yeah. men also cry yeah exactly the bums will always lose uh that's my number tears surprise you mr lebowski uh, hey, this is uh, Slavowski's 20th anniversary, so I feel like we're we've got the green are you, light. Are you drinking a white Russian? I should be. No, I'm not. Man, that that is a missed opportunity. Do you, now, do you want to take a moment? I don't. I don't have any clue on me or milk uh, or darn. vodka. No, wait, I do have vodka. One of three. Just just a vodka. <laughs> it's a clear Russian. Uh, my number one is just Donata uh, after. After two thirds of the movie, where Laura has not said anything, and then he thanks her, and she just goes Donata, and he's yeah. just like, "You can talk," and then she just unloads at him. I love that. Yeah. Well, and and it's like reminder, she is a little girl. Mm-hmm. She has a child's voice. It's like she's been such a fucking stone cold badass all this time that you you almost kind of forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's like the first time. I mean, she's like screamed a few times before that, but that's it. Yeah, <laughs> and she yells at him in Spanish too. She unloads on him. It's great. That that got a big laugh in the theater. I remember. Uh, uh any complaints about the, about the movie? I don't I, really think so. I have some some very minor ones. Um, um I want to say that just generally before we get into, I mean, we'll get into more, but I really enjoyed the very subtle hints. Once I realized them later in the movie, to like the uh, the evil corn syrup, yeah, the genetic modifying business I and all that would have played that up a little bit more. But I kind of like that. Like, it's really not the fucking point of the movie. <laughs> well, I mean, he, the dude gets shot halfway through his evil villain monologue. You know, yeah, yeah it's definitely yeah. not the point of the movie. <laughs> What's your complaints? I mean, these are extremely minor, but just like things that just stick out to me a little. The the Munson family, like that's just rough. 
like i don't know obviously that that kind of has to happen in the movie it's part of the whole theme and whatnot but man poor eric lasalle and elise neal and their kid that's just they they really take it in the shorts i mean the whole family just fucking dead you know it's like here's a nice happy family and the whole time you're just like ah shit you know (laughs) like no no don't you don't want logan to come to dinner only bad things can happen I uh, I remember being like, oh, when I saw Eric LaSalle's name pop up in the mm-hmm. credits at the beginning, and then Elise Neal, and I was like, oh, from Scream 2, nice. I haven't seen them in, well, 20 years. a good minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been since Hugh Jackman first played Wolverine. Yeah, and I mean, I remember watching that in the theater and just thinking, like, where where is this going with them? And, like, this, this can't lead anywhere good, can it? And nope, it didn't. <laughs> well... You really think like the evil corn corporation or the farmers, the other farmers or whatever, like you think that's going to tie into it at all. And, and not really. Mm-hmm. When you're like, oh, maybe uh, he just he helps them out and gets away and he leaves them. No, no. Sadly, well, that is also, not the kind of movie this is. It's, the movie is very interesting because you, you watch like 30 seconds of Shane in a hotel room is foreshadowing. And it's like, I think you're kind of looking for how Shane is going to what it's going to foreshadow exactly. <laughs> and the family really makes you think that. And it's like, it's a different kind of direction to go in. That would be a minor nitpick of mine. I, Shane, I could have done with a different movie. I guess I feel like Shane's a little played is all. Um, no, I mean, I felt like, I feel like other movies would use the trope of like having someone watch Shane. I felt like for this movie, it worked. Um, so she just the way she utilizes it as a eulogy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I could have seen something else as eulogy. The other thing, I, parts with the X twenty four almost feel a little bit too comic booky for the rest of the movie. Mm. You know, like I didn't mind the 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 kids like the kind of new mutants vibe that much because it was mm-hmm. like pretty sparse, but like. The fighting a clone thing, like it was all very good and thematic, but it is like just a little bit on a different level of tone than the rest of the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely thematic um, to the point where I, I guess that would be an epic two of mine. It's just like it could have been utilized slightly differently. Um, X-24 is there's just, just no way to a... do fighting an evil clone and not have it feel a little just kind of like genre yeah you know well it's kind of goofy too because at one point before he shows up shows up you see x24 like he's just a a collection of limbs Mm -hmm. and different jars or whatever yeah (laughs) um yeah those would be my only real nitpicks um we got a lot to talk about we don't talk about every scene or anything i did love the opening the way it starts out Oh, I was saying, I really like the the excellent flavored Marvel logo. Oh yeah, yeah. I I miss that it's like the not the Marvel Studios, but just the regular Marvel logo where yeah. it's not all these like weird CGI and whatnot. I kinda like that one better. It seems more classy to me. Well, it's just more more true to where this all came from. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the opening, I mean I think the first line of dialogue he has is what the fuck? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then he gets out and they just like shoot him like really quickly. And then he's just like cutting people's hands off and like putting claws through people's brains. And it's like, yeah, this is this is not X-Men Origins Wolverine. This is something different. 
Yeah, I mean, we don't have to go on all, but but essentially, the scene where Logan wakes up in the back of his limo as people are trying to jack it or trying to steal the tires. And he, I love that he's just more concerned about them shooting the car than he is himself. Well, just the idea that, like, the Wolverine has become a fucking Uber driver, basically, you know? And he's yeah. like, he's got to dry clean and keep his car clean. And he's got, like, shitty passengers. The The bit where he's driving, like, the kids on prom night, like, yeah. he's, it's, it's, I think you can kind of infer that they have instructed him to drive past the border so they can yeah. like yell insults at immigrants is like mm-hmm. such a perfect, like ugly encapsulation of like, you know, the bad place we could end up in another 11 years or so. Uh, I'm sure that's happening now. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's, it, it's like, man, this whole, this whole world that Logan inhabits now just sucks. Basically. <laughs> Here's what's funny about that scene. They're not yelling insults at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, like uh, I just I love that he they get that montage of him doing all the the Uber jobs, like the bridesmaids who like flash him from the backseat <laughs> or whatever. He's doing all these. He's got like there's bullet holes, like visible, visceral <laughs> bullet holes in the doors. Um, you have to have a good chuckle though when he's in the rest stop bathroom, like flexing the bullets out of his muscles. Oh yeah, <laughs> which. You're not putting a white shirt over those bloody wounds and like having it stay white. That's I know. Right. It's like, where are the stains? <laughs> but I'm sure Hugh Jackman's uh, glad they never has to get like this insanely jacked again for a movie. Yeah. Uh, so the 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 primary villain is not so much evil scientist guy. It's like his lackey, who's basically Val Kilmer playing Doc Holliday with that ridiculous accent. Like, I'm a fan. Yeah. yeah. It's my live and breathe the Wolverine. Yeah. 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 With this um, weird uh his bionic hand that he has. But I, yeah, I guess it's, like it's not it I mean, they're the Reavers, and like if you know the comic book, you kind of know a little bit more about their backstory. It's essentially like it's not like he lost the hand in an accident. It's like they've like intentionally modified their body like that. Yeah. Well, in the movie though, it doesn't really matter. Mm. They're they're like a, a group of mercs that have like robot arms or shit like that um but i I do think you kind of you kind of pick up even in the movie that like they do not consider these like uh impediments or you know like like he's perfectly fine with his robot arm yeah and they're not angry vets like putting their skills to good use or whatever they're just whatever uh we'll get to the stage in his career where patrick stewart he's not yelling about there being four lights he's doing a comic book hero who has a dramatic monologue about the latest Taco Bell menu items. <laughs> Man, Patrick Stewart is so good in this movie. I feel like, uh, if we had like nine or at least three or four more honorable mentions, uh, Wolverine having to pull the other claw out. Oh yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. Um, we haven't even mentioned him yet, but Caliban, Stephen Merchant in this movie. What'd you think? I thought he was excellent. Uh, and yeah. we'll we'll get to more in the power rankings, but I mean, you know, five years ago, if I was like, "Hey, Caliban's going to be in a movie, and it's going to be played by Stephen Merchant," what do you think? And you'd be like, "What? You know, are you kidding me?" Yeah. But no, he was great. Yeah. Uh, also, thank you, Stephen Merchant, for making me Google "spotted dick." You didn't know what "spotted dick" was? I did not know. Well, were you I guess never I it was something else? Were you never ten years old? I mean. It was like once you learn that the British eat something called spotted dick, you have to tell all your friends that over and over again. 
I guess I, I didn't have those kind of British friends. Mm. Well, they weren't British friends. I just, you know, you learn that that piece of trivia as a child, and you, you have to repeat it because it's funny. Because it I didn't have that much. I guess I didn't have that you much have friends? funny dick stuff happening when I was ten. Mm. Mm. But okay. I mean, you you were better at this than I am. I didn't even spot Eric Bana's Eric Banana. You did. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Wolverine's looking to sail away with Professor X. They I love that they keep telling you the model of boat, a sun Well, it's like it's such a fucking stupid plan. And I, even Stephen Merchant points out he's just like, yeah, I can't go out in the sun. Like, what the fuck? He's gonna be like Nosferatu below decks the whole time, like. Um, and if we oh, so eventually. Yeah, so this is your plan for you two to get away, not yeah. me. Thanks. Well, and he kind of calls him out. I like how he's he's pointing out, like, okay, a like you obviously can't read, like you know, like your eyesight's going. That's ibuprofen. Uh, I found this bullet in your like laundry or whatever. You're probably planning to kill yourself. Uh, I can smell that there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with Xavier. Like this is. We're fucked, basically. Yeah, I mean, considering that they, they he brings up like Chekhov's adamantium bullet, mm-hmm. it it starts off almost like a Russian play. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's how bad it is. We're all aware of it. Now, watches the winner of our discontent like fucking devours us. So, it, yeah, like the Westchester event is a thing that happened like a year earlier. Well, um, they've been like, here at least a year, so yeah, I guess I guess that's about right. I like that you never they never really bother to go into the details. I know people like are fans of the old man Logan storyline and which is different than this. And they're assuming that it's going to tie into Wolverine, but really it's more about professor X. Yeah. His weapons of mass destruction. It's pres- presumed that he killed the X-Men. Uh, if you they do say a few people died, 600 were injured. Yeah. Later on, you, you kind of catch like glimpses of like a news report and you, you basically like he had one of his weird seizures and I don't know, like there's, I don't know, they stopped breathing or their brain stopped working or whatever, but he's obviously responsible for a lot of deaths and is not aware of it himself. I do think they do a great job with the kind of classic uh, X-Men dystopian future imagery, like the the bit where he's at the wedding, in the, or not the wedding, the funeral in the montage, where he's uh, he's just drinking up against a tree, like, you're just, you're expecting to see, like, Scott Summers on... on yeah, yeah. yeah. At first, you think he's visiting the grave of somebody yeah, pride, he knows, but yeah. this is just a refuge from his job. He's drinking. Also, okay, so two things, two big things. If this guy shows up as your Uber driver, what does he smell like? Are you getting in the back of that thing? It's got fucking bullet holes in the side. Well, what does cancer smell like? You know, I don't think it's just cancer. I mean, I don't know if we ever really see Logan like well, he's, shower. He has adamantium poisoning. So. He's, but I mean, but I mean, in general, I don't think he's showering. He well, how does the, like how, fresh blood and like 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 claw pus? How does the healing factor affect your scent? That's a good question. I don't know. Like, you I mean the scent you put off? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we know Wolverine. He has uh, his own advanced uh, sense, although he doesn't really in this movie. <laughs> I don't think they ever really do much with that. So like enhanced hearing and, and smell and whatnot. Do they really do that in the X Men? Uh, a a little bit in the other ones, yeah. Okay, but not much. Well, I mean, saying, like the last two Wolverine movies, are like he's like depowered in some way or other for most of it. So, yeah, uh, it's kind of funny. Like, like Superman, it's almost like they feel like they have to depower him to make him human and interesting. Um, I'm just saying, I think we have a contender for the Caleb Rivers Award 
of a character who clearly reeks and everyone is acting like this is cool. I mean, uh, he is also like six, four and just like insanely ripped. So yeah, that m- might come some little way to excuse that. Just, I feel like I'm afraid to get in the back of that limo for a lot of reasons. Um, so the other thing too is, so Gabriella shows up and of course the movie and the tropes of movies, it makes you think he knows her. Mm-hmm. But really, he's telling her to fuck off because I believe she calls him Wolverine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, obviously he's going to be like, "Fuck you, get away." He's going me. by James Howlett to at least to the public. That's what his his license says, which is funny because I, I guess they revealed that's his real name in the comics. But uh, so she needs his help to get her and Laura to the Promised Land, to Eden, mm-hmm. like in North Dakota, South Dakota, whatever. Um, I thought it was funny because. Up to this point, Gabriella and Laura are successfully evading the Reavers. They have more enough money to get there on their own. They really don't even need Logan's help. Well, she has like a gunshot wound, so maybe that's part of the the calculation there. At some point, Laura. I, mean, I don't know how long like Laura. Through, Laura will go on her own. I think. I don't know how long ago Laura fled the the facility. Between that and like when this movie picks up, because seemingly she like had enough time to like hear rumors about the Wolverine being in El Paso, driving an yeah. Uber limo. Well, and like, like uh, boy tells him straight up, like I ain't hunting you, but mm-hmm. I'm hunting the people who are hunting you. And it's like Gabrielle, you don't need this guy. Also, he stinks. <laughs> but oh, then we wouldn't have a movie. Yeah. Well, and man, some of this these scenes with Patrick Stewart, like. He's doing like decrepit old man so well that it's uncomfortable, you know. Like this is just like a an unflinching look at you know elderly illness, and like he's having to carry him around. He has to like take him to the bathroom at one point, you know. And yeah, um, yeah. Patrick Stewart's killing it. I love the bit where they're he's just like telling him to turn around while he like takes a piss, you know. And they're just like both yelling at each other because it's like it sucks for both of them, you know. Oh, there's like there's like a shitty jokey version you could do of all of this, mm-hmm. you know, where like like where like Patrick Stewart says like because the shot is we're looking at the stall and we just see their legs underneath it, you know, facing each other, not facing each other, and like he says like you know basically like I can't I can't go if you're watching me, and you could have done like the scene where like like Logan just yells at him like like ferociously, and then you just hear like the sound of something splashing in the water, like you could have done all the shitty versions of yeah. this and they don't, um. I like this. Like later, we see Logan with like the the drugstore glasses, like the, the sticker on the side. <laughs> oh, he has uh, Charles has a good line in there. He's just like, "Oh, I like it when you wear those. You look younger." There's there's some really good moments between Charles and Logan that like you only get because this is their like their ninth movie together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically the Reavers as like a Blackwater mercenary group, I feel like makes a lot of sense. Uh, I laughed real good when Richard Grant shows up as the villain because <laughs> um, of course you need this over the top villain you go for a guy who's been doing this his whole life he's been in you know perfectly in this role in like hudson hawk of all places um i love that he's just not really used too he just gets shot in the throat in the middle of his monologue yeah that's kind of how the movie feels about that type of character as he's like yeah. explaining his evil plan to control mutants and blah 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 well there's a moment him though that almost it's like my number nine like honorable mention um we'll get to him get to it but like well one of the yeah. one of the lines you mentioned <laughs> xavier says fuck off logan and logan says oh so you remember who i am now and he says i always know who you are it's just sometimes i don't recognize you 
Yeah. Yeah. So basically, there's pills to give like Charles on a regular basis to help keep the seizures at bay. But if they go off, they're basically like these like psychic seismic quakes that like envelop miles of people. Where you're just frozen and vibrating, and I don't know. Probably your Seeing brain. Seeing the like, uh, a radius, you, you have to give them like a shot. A radius of like several hundred feet, probably. Yeah. At least, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what is Xavier has this great line here? I think this is when they're he's convincing Logan to like stop for the night with the months and family. He says two days on the road, only one meal and hardly any sleep. She's 11. I'm fucking 90. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, first of all, just hearing Patrick Stewart curse in a movie is delightful. Yeah. I feel like Patrick Stewart's, I feel like he's like just dying to do, like he was dying to shed like Picard and like professor X for a while. I mean, he's, wonderful in this movie but it almost made me sad i was like oh i don't like seeing patrick stewart be this old like i don't care for this you know it's like this it's kind of close to home well so i i was very worried about his career for a while now so he he did that bit in extras which is hilarious you know Mm -hmm. the uh i I can see everything everything. um which okay i was like okay that's that's very different from what we expect i mean even uh, uh radcliffe does a kind of goofy creepy role in that show um, then he was like palling around with like Seth MacFarlane doing lots of voices, like American Dad and Family Guy for a while. That made me uncomfortable. Then he had a show called Blunt Talk. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw of it. No. There's like a weird, gross genre that's like very male centric. It's something uh, kind of like Californication. It's like uh, something like artless, like this HBO Showtime Stars thing where it's like it's about like a very male character and we're just supposed to root for him as like he like fucks everything and does drugs and like all oh, my life's in shambles because I'm messed up but I keep doing I keep misbehaving I didn't want to see Patrick Stewart in that role I wanted I wanted him to do something good as we get to the end of you know the good shit Patrick Stewart which hopefully will not be for several years so that was a relief to see him in this movie uh, so they get to Oklahoma City. They're in a hotel room as they've evaded the Reavers and what have you. Wolverine has Laura's bag where he's like reading some of the in this movie, in this world, real life X-Men comics, which is fascinating to me. He's got uh, a great line. He says, you do know they're all bullshit, right? Maybe a quarter of it happened and not like this. In the real world, well, people die and no self-promoting asshole in a fucking leotard can stop this. Well, so he also refers to comic books as ice cream for bedwetters. <laughs> so I read somewhere online and I look, I like this theory. I want to see what you thought of it. The theory is that after Days of Future Past, it's actually Scott Summers who writes the X-Men comics in this universe. Hmm. Like what? making himself the leader when he never okay. is in the movies. Oh, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> man, like, man, Psychos in the movies sucks. But like going back to his line, though, like some self-promoting asshole who writes this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking like, ooh. Does he have like a personal grudge? How is he not collecting royalties for this shit? I I really love that conceit, and I that the, that there are X Men comics. Like there's like there's like a thrill that I get just seeing them pop up in the movie, you know? Because I I should say the the one comics I read as a kid were the X Men. Um, mm-hmm. Never read the Avengers because nobody gave a shit about them. Um, but yeah, I was an X Men fan, and like just seeing X Men comics pop up, it's like ooh, um, and it's like one with Sauron, which is like very pulpy yep. and you know obviously 
would be in this kind of realistic take on the X-Men, like heavily exaggerated, you know? Um, but yeah, I love that deconstruction of it, that this would be something that exists in real life. Well, it's a detail that shouldn't work as well as it does. There's a, a verge article that, I mean, who who cares shit about the verge, but they actually have all of the pages that you see because they're, they're pages specifically for the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's a couple covers you see. One of them is just like it's all of them like standing at a graveside, like at a funeral. And it's like Death of a Mutant's the thing. It's funny because Wolverine looks like classic comic book Wolverine, but he's wearing like this stupid bolo tie. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds like my Wolverine. All right. Yeah, there's like a, a Magneto one. There's there's a fastball special cover. Excellent. And then you see the the like walk through. The, the you know terrain to to Eden in the comic book and it's funny because the Wolverine costume he's wearing in this is kind of similar to the one very briefly shown he's doing the brown one scene. right no no it's is the yellow the blue one it looks a lot like but it's not the classic blue blue and yellow one it's basically what looks like the one from the end of the Wolverine so it's, is it the brown one except with the the blue no, the, and yellow uh, look to it no it's slightly different in the look it's 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 long sleeved you know it's uh you'd have to see it it's mm. it's not quite a wolverine costume we've seen it's like an amalgamation of, of all of them but mm-hmm. it's the blue and yellow color scheme yeah but just yeah the thrill of seeing the comics because it it seems like it's an idea that you know that they've probably brought up in every iteration of writing one of these movies and someone's like Oh, there's too much to explain there. It's too problematic. How are we going to get around it? Oh, and this is the movie that's just like, fuck it. We're doing it. Which is why yeah. I think this movie's so entertaining and like more impactful is like like stuff happens like for for good in this movie. You know, people die. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just like uh, another big fight and everyone's fine and the world is saved. But yeah, you, you get a scene where he goes, like he's getting new tires on the truck. So he goes and gets a beer and reads Laura's X-Men comics and he finds out that the coordinates to Eden they have is from the fucking comic book. But it's like the first time you've had a comic book character like disputing something that happened <laughs> in a comic book in one of their movies. Well, and I, I kind of like the fridge logic of that where you could say like, oh, it's it's not real. It's just these idiots who like saw this location in a comic. And, and so they're holding on to that because they have nothing left. But then it's like, oh, but maybe it is real. And it was put in that comic for a reason, you know, cause you kind of at the end, like the Richter is on the radio with someone. So there's like someone waiting for him on the other side there. And so it's like, maybe well, this but, was all planned out as like a, a refuge for the mutants. Well, I mean, I always like the idea that, you know, none of it was real. So we made it real, mm-hmm. you know, like they, they went and created Eden or some form. Um, yeah. So he goes back to the hotel room. Well, can we One, talk a little bit about um, having Talk about, about Gabriella and her like incredible like iMovie editing chops on her phone to put that video oh, she together. Won, she should have won. She should have won an Oscar for yeah. a short documentary. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, amazing work. Also, for a top secret like next level illegal <laughs> cloning facility, they really let her get close of her iPhone and There's, get some good footage. There is a bit where uh, Hudson Hawk, bro, um, what's his face. Um, Oh, Richard, uh, Dr. Richard Grant, Dr. Rice, I think is his name. Um, okay. He yeah. like walks up to like talk to somebody about how like you have to treat them like animals or whatever, you know, and like she's filming from like through a window and a door like two feet away. And it's like, you, you didn't notice that. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like um, they they started out like it's like this like very kind of sneaky footage, and then as it gets full screen, it just turns into like like there's no way you'd get these shots, but you're like whatever, fine. There is there is a shot where you actually see the surgery in which graphically they've opened up Laura's shins to put oh, adamantium man. on her bones. And it's in some of the shots, it's like, Gabrielle, if you really complained about some of this stuff, you'd put your fucking phone down. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't know what she's going to do. You know, she's only one person. They I don't all have know, guns. But, but it's just, it's hilarious because, of course, Logan watches this footage on her phone. When she shot the ending of it. She did a voiceover for it in the hotel room, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, iMovie on your phone is something it's not to be fucked with, man. It's next level. But like. Of course, it's the thing that gets him to buy in a little bit more to the Laura struggle. Well, did you on her when you were watching it? Did you like know she was a clone, or because I feel like the movie kind of plays it where like maybe she might be a daughter, and then you realize she's a clone. Is she really a clone? Like it? It? I mean, the X twenty four is clearly a clone. I feel like the movie still is kind of saying that she's basically his daughter. Well, I mean, I, I guess they they took his DNA and and whipped it up into an embryo, but like a female, em- yeah. So I don't I don't know exactly how they're they're creating. It's kind of hilarious the the little New Mutants kids that you do see. You do get a quick glimpse of like their their code names or who mm-hmm. their their genome comes from. And I love like they they purposely went like the opposite ethnicities for like some of the actors. Like the Dominic Monaghan kid is like the short African American boy. I love oh, that. the like the elect- electrical dude. Bolt? Yeah, was Bolt. that Bolt? Okay, Who's way better than Dominic Monaghan. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He sucked in that. There's movie, a man. there's a deleted scene of a kid called a puppet master mm. who is cold blooded, and if they had left that scene in, you would have been like, you don't need Wolverine at all. <laughs> It just makes like one of the soldiers like shoot himself or kill oh, all yeah. his friends and then shoot himself. Yeah. Anyway, so Wolverine comes back from the bar to the hotel room. One of the seizures is happening. He's got to make his way through. It, it looks like it's almost this like freeze frame of the hotel, but people are just like frozen in place. He's making his way up to the floor and like the, the bit where he's just like top. murdering everyone as they can't move. Yeah. Yeah, well, like they're slowly turning eyeballs and seeing him coming. Well, you get the one shot where he, what we see is he punches into the back of the guy's head. The guy's facing us, and we just see the claws come out the front of his face. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. brutal, and it's like I said, it, it feels honest because what else would those claws be doing? Like in all the other X Men movies, he's always like punching people with those claws, and you never really see any blood from it. Uh, this is the movie where it's like, no, this is this is what would happen. Yeah, um, I think we uh, it, it might have been earlier, but I, I love the bit where they're in the um, the mini mart and she tries to like steal a bunch of food and she's like about to like cut up the mini mart guy until he stops her. And then he he takes some uh, stogies with him as he's getting a phone charger. I love that just little subtle bit where he grabs some cigars. Yeah, uh, so they get away. And at one point, as I think they're driving, Professor X is explaining how Laura makes sense like evolutionary wise of her two hand claws and one foot claw on each limb. And she's like a little mutant lioness of her front claws and her back claws, which whatever. Um, I feel like that kind of tied into maybe she's the daughter. If the mutation carries from parent to child, but Hey, uh, I have an one- X-Men question for you. Who is Dominic Petros? Is that anyone? 
Where's that? I, I'm just looking at the like the DNA pages, like source DNA, Dominic Petros. And there's a like Christopher Bradley. I guess I don't know. Maybe these are like newer they've introduced. Avalanche. Okay. That, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, that's Richter in this is has Avalanche's power. Okay. Well, I mean, Avalanche and Richter basically have the same powers. That makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richter, stupid character in the in the comics. Mm-hmm. Why not work in Boom Boom? Everyone I, loves Boom Boom. Why not work in Cannibal? I prefer what was her Again, best? I, was it Boom Boomer's probably her best name? I think she went. She called herself Nuclear for a while. That meltdown. was dumb. Meltdown. Yeah, that was dumb. Then I think Boomer was the best. Uh, you know, at one point. Hugh Jackman yells the Professor X at the beginning of the movie. There are no, there is no new mutants. <laughs> and I was like, man, I wish the movie wouldn't come out. The movie looks stupid. It got delayed for like a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that because of the merger? Or because of the no, I think they test screened it and it did poorly. So they're like adding in a whole new character. I don't know. The movie looks fucking dumb. A year. A, delaying your movie for a year is like huge red flags. Yeah. Well, um, maybe he'll never I, see the light of the day if that merger completes. I don't know. Um, I did really like the outfit that Laura eventually gets the the one they see at the casino, mm. um, the, yeah. like with the sunglasses and whatnot. That's like a good look for her for the rest of the movie. Um, I like that as they get away from Oklahoma City. The one time Professor X like uses his powers purposefully, it's like to calm the runaway horses. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice just to see him. I don't know, have some choice in how his his great big brain is used. So though, classified as a yeah, weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. yeah, they meet at least now on Eric Lasav, they help with the horses. I like how Hugh Jackman introduces the others to them. It's just this is my daughter Laura, and oh that's my dad Chuck. <laughs> um but what I like about this is the movie does this thing where there's it, it doesn't go the stupid way that a lot of movies do that we're so used to. There's not like the poorly telegraphed studying where he makes sure that we, the audience, know that he's lying, you know, which is would be so blatantly obvious to the other characters. It's just it's pretty straightforward. Uh, that's my daughter, Laura, and that's my dad. Well, Chuck. The movie trusts you to follow along, you know? Yeah, yeah. It feels weird when you've been going to the movies your entire life and then you come across the one movie that trusts you and it isn't in an abusive relationship with you and it just feels strange. Mm hmm. Well, and like yeah. even the scenes at dinner when they they kind of like where are you headed to and they like answer something different, you know, and they play it off, and it's not like they do a great job of playing it off, but like Eric LaSalle and his wife are like they're too polite to really push too hard on that, you know, and then later on, you know. like he's got some shit he has to deal with, and he doesn't want to bug Logan about it, like I don't know, it's it's just so understated and and underplayed rather than like making it a big dramatic thing like oh they have secrets you know yeah i mean i've seen a lot of bad movies that have hurt me and this one you know i was i was a little tender and it said it's going to be okay mm. and i enjoyed the movie and at the end of the movie i said i said this has been a perfect night and i really don't deserve it do i and then the movie stabbed me in the heart um so laura's left behind with professor x at the house uh it's just again that scene where she's moving through the kid's room i just love it also that kid has a fuck ton of horses like like on his walls there's so many pictures of horses and i had to chuckle because he has the one big picture of abraham lincoln (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he he talks about how you know he he doesn't really like doing it but his parents make him he gets second place most of the time it's like you Mm. wouldn't have like you didn't need to put that scene in there but it definitely humanizes them more 
What's oh, like just <laughs> you know this kid's gonna get me a bad end. I, know. I love that uh, Logan describes these assholes as oaky dicks. Yeah. Uh, yes. When like the tough guys show up, he just takes the gun away. <laughs> um. So they come back to the house. There's like fucking carnage from X24 showing up. I like that he just freezes when confronted with the literal embodiment of his past and his like weapon X nature. Like he knows exactly the way they stare each other down. Yeah. And the way the X24 doesn't attack him and just kind of looks at him and then like walks off. Yeah. Um, it's just a very just you know like like you said it's very thematic it's like there's all like a like a Taoist like you know the light and the shadow and then of course uh, you know speaking of oh, he's, he's got the black tank top on well. yeah the things that shouldn't yeah in the western nature of it all things that shouldn't work as well as Caliban gets the callback line of beware the light <laughs> just oh, drops maybe don't a grenade. put the grenades so yeah. close to the prisoner and they stop paying attention to him he's just a tracker they didn't. Like he's not like the version of Caliban where he's all like muscle bound as claws and shit, you know. Which was, you know, so that was my first exposure to the character of mm-hmm. Caliban, and so I was for a while mistakenly believing that like that was Caliban, but really it's it's much more <laughs> akin to Stephen Merchant in this he movie. Fucking decapitates this dude. X twenty four does yeah the the part where Eric LaSalle is like somehow managed to get a new truck and like drive x24 into uh like a big tractor or something to momentarily take him out of the fight and then he sees wolverine he tries to shoot him too (laughs) like well he pauses for a minute and you think that like the nature of the brief friendship that they've struck up will will come to something and no click well that's (laughs) that's the kind of movie it is like he's this guy's just lost everything of course he's gonna shoot wolverine too if he can you know yeah for bringing his bullshit to his house, yeah. Um, Professor, Professor X's X last dead. line, he just says "Sunseeker" and then dies. <laughs> it's like it's so like the opposite. Like I'm surprised we didn't see more of like that's not the worthy end for Professor X. You know, kind of what we're getting with the uh, the Last Jedi right now and Luke Skywalker because like oh. this is like this is not the heroic send off at all for Charles Xavier. He dies blithering, blathering on about a boat that's never going to happen. And he's like buried in an unmarked grave in the middle of nowhere. Oh, just in that scene, my God, that fucking scene He's so overcome by emotion. He can't say, he can't even, he can't even say any nice words. Yeah. He's got, he's got, he's got some water and he's got, he just breaks down. He's like, he's just, he's got some water. And she kind of comes over and just like holds his hand of her tiny little hand. And he storms off, you know, after just enjoying it for just a moment. And then <laughs> the comedic where he runs to the truck, it won't start. He just starts beating the shit out of it. As he's screaming fuck repeatedly as he beats up a shovel and then passes out in the street. I love that moment. Yeah, that, that almost made my top moments. Just that he's like just beating this truck with a shovel until he eventually passes out. It's well, like that's then- that's where he is as a a person and a character right now well like meanwhile because this movie trusts you it like it doesn't insult your fucking intelligence laura's watching all of this she glances over her other shoulder briefly and sees like some other farmer has like parked his or some other guys like parked his truck and then so like later when wolverine like wakes up at the doctor's office and he's like how did you even get me here and she leads him back to this truck that she clearly stole <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like and we, like, we like, get that on, like, we don't need an whatever. explanation yeah yeah. Um, 
so that's when you get you know her her saying her first words and like unloading on him in spanish um because she is a spanish actor um so they get to where eden is um the movie you know starts with logan being raised up in darkness now we see him like literally being raised up in the light by the kids on like a stretcher well eventually he like with face eventually he passes out and she has to drive like the last way there yeah i did like the there's like a brief bit where uh dr rice is like in some they're inside like a a gymnasium i think or something like that like says like hornet Mm -hmm. pride in the background they've like set up shop in like a high school gymnasium and you know it's like the retooling or whatever is where they figure out like where eden is um and he walks past caliban's body he's just all like charred and like tore up and he's just like oh save some genetic material from that like it's so callous and cold yeah. you know, it's like yep that's the last you see a caliban he's uh just like a a gene pool that they can exploit now i read something and i don't know if it's like apocryphal or not but it was like uh on the set grant had mentioned that like his character really doesn't have a lot of scenes and so they like filmed some other scenes of him that like clearly seemed like they were written and produced <laughs> real quick for the actor, but like they were never going to make it into oh, the nice. movie, which is like him just doing bullshit science stuff. <laughs> like, let me explain something that's so much better explained like 20 minutes later in the movie. Um, so yeah, she kind of confronts him when he wakes up there with the kids and everything. And I love when he gets honest with her about the bullet. He's like describing it and he's just like, actually, I was thinking of shooting myself with it. It's the way like he says that, yeah. Oldest. He's like, actually, I was thinking of shooting myself. <laughs> yeah. Which I think at that point, I was just like, what is the clever way that they can utilize that bullet for the ending? And it's, you know, yeah. if you're thinking hard enough, you it's can check out bullet. Um, I did like he has a, yeah. a great bit where he's arguing with Laura and he's like, bad shit happens to people I care about and then she's just like then I'll be fine which <laughs> is ice cold mm-hmm. love that bit oh of course the kid I mean the movie still with the comic books and everything it still pays more like these kind of affectionate nods to the source material the kids like uh, jokingly like cut his beard into something more oh, I love that. facial hair that, that could have been another moment yeah that they, they give him the Wolverine mutton chops while he's sleeping and they all laugh about it yeah yeah. Uh, so basically, the, then it becomes a race to get the kids across the border, which is funny because the bad guys have followed us from Mexico through America. I guess they don't know, fuck with America. Canada, man. Well, did you think like, oh, shit, are we going to see Alpha Flight? Oh, For man. like five seconds, I, I you, thought maybe. You know I have my Alpha Flight movie pitch just in my back pocket. Maybe we should get that to the end. But it's it's kind of funny because I kept thinking like, I thought for sure he'll get them across the border He'll be like, I'm back in Canada, black, dead. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could kind of say maybe he dies like right on the border there or somewhere close. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, Was it me yeah, or did it seem like there were suddenly like 20 more of these kids during that like sequence where they're all running? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, yeah. wait a minute. There seems like um, a lot of them now. We only care about maybe four of you anyway. But yeah, so a lot of X-Men movies, of course, end with them having to like rescue the next generation of the, of mutants from like evil science folks. This is the first time um, I have so actually like wanted made, when this, he eventually this is the first time I've actually wanted to see like the new mutants movie about these kids at the end of it. Like the the kid from like yeah. X two who sticks his tongue out, no thank you. I don't care about that kid, but these kids seem interesting. Yeah, other than 
other than these kids, the tertiary, like, young mutant student kids, the only ones I've ever cared about are, I guess, maybe Sonic Teenage Warhead. Like, she's clearly the best thing of that stupid movie. Um, and then the Samila K, Shadowcat. Um, as Just much her. as I love... As much as I love Ellen Page's Shadow Cat. Uh, so the moment that almost made one of my, my honorable mentions is when Logan has his brief meeting with Dr. Rice. Uh, and he's like talking about like uh, his dad who also worked in the Weapon X project. And Wolverine's like, he's the asshole. Put this poison in me. And Richard Grant's like, yes, I uh, I believe that's true. And Wolverine's like, I, uh, I think I killed him. And he's like, yes, <laughs> I, I think that's true too. Yeah. Well, he's got this whatever this like green shit is that he injects himself to like one more time be the the, the strong healing power of Wolverine. Like he really looks like he's fucking dying at the end of this. He's kind of like his whole face has gotten kind of ashen and his hair is starting starting to turn a little bit gray. Like it definitely looks like yeah. this is the end for him no matter what. Yeah, Hugh Jackman is definitely Jackman up in this this ending. Um the only like the bucket list of Wolverine because I get the Berserker rage here. Mm-hmm. We just never really got the Cannonball special. That's the only thing, you know. Uh, like I feel like we might have gotten a little bit of that in like X three, but nobody we? watched that, so no one cares. Yeah. Well, it's like you know, you like the people who were like really held on to that hope of like, ooh, someday the movie universe is going to like treat us to this joyous thing of Gambit, and it's like Taylor Kitsch, and you're like, oh, okay, I feel all like my there's torn asunder. There's two different interesting ways to go with the Wolverine character. There's essentially what you got in the last movie and this movie where his, he's depowered in some way or other, like, and he has to mm-hmm. overcome that. Um, and then there's the, like the berserker rage, which they never really explored that much. You know, they'd have right. him like go berserk occasionally, but we never got the movie where he's just like full on lost his shit, like for an extended period of time. Oh, I should mention, there's apparently an alternate version of the Munson family dinner where they're cleaning up the dishes. And I think Elise Neal asks Logan if he's ever been married. Mm-hmm. And like before he can answer, Professor X says he was briefly until he killed her. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good line. Um, so there's a who, really who would that have been? The, the girl from the X-Men Origins Wolverine or maybe like Mariko or. That's the thing about yeah. the X-Men, the, all, the Wolverine character. It's like, which wife? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I feel like they're probably going to go. It's a man goal movie. They're going to go with the Wolverine. I feel like the less you think about X-Men origin, the yeah. Wolverine, the better. Even fucking what's his name? Uh, Ryan Reynolds doesn't want you to think about that movie. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Nobody wants to think about that movie. It's fucking awful. So Xander Rice, like there's you realize there's like this very subtle setup to the Canewood and the energy drinks and like whatever the other shit, the field of corn syrup that Laura's been eating and the random mutation thing. It's I thought it was very interesting. Again, it's like it's it's there if you want to notice it. The movie's not necessarily hurt. If you if didn't you pick don't. up on any of it, it um, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, which kind of leads you to the side question though, could this shit have been fucking up Charles and Logan's powers as well? I don't know. I mean, if they wanted it to, sure. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just magic science, so you know. I guess it depends. Yeah. So then we're 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 building to the end, and there's just that great moment where he's just like, "Laura, you'll know when." <laughs> uh, it'll be when he uses the gun. Um, so we're we're getting to the end here. I mean, he he's he's dying, and he's with her, and she calls him daddy, 
And you kind of, in your mind, you have to flash back to the moment where Professor X, you know, says you should take a moment and feel it to be loved, a safe place. And as he dies, he says, ah, so this is what it feels like. And then Wolverine fucking dies. Yeah. Well, you think he dies, but then he opens his eyes again. And he yells, Sunseeker. <laughs> yeah. um, but the prophecy from the Wolverine is fulfilled. He dies holding his own heart in his hand. Um, his heart being Laura. And then she quotes Shane as a human. Yeah, I don't love the Shane quoting because it's not like an iconic quote, in my opinion. No, no, it should have been the, all the you know, kids are no more guns in the valley or whatever. All the kids are staring at her like, what the fuck are you saying? Let's get out of here. You know? Like well, I feel like they, they could have she's she's stone cold psycho. They could have been a little more grateful, you know. Wolverine did save all their asses. Also, he's the Wolverine. Yeah, he's the dude in your. They're fucking like, yeah, fuck this guy. He's an asshole. Let's go. Also, you kind of scare well, us. You just murdered like twenty people yourself, Laura. Well, like imagine if the whole time Harry Potter's like living under those stairs, he's like at least reading like wizard comic books or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. Like there's like this whole life that some part of him wishes he had if he doesn't know that he's being deprived of. Um, so I guess, if okay. um if Xavier is Dumbledore, then who's Wolverine? Like serious, Hagrid? maybe? No. Hag- yeah, Hagrid. Hagrid's probably a good. Yeah, I mean <laughs> a little smarter than Hagrid, but yeah, I shouldn't have told you that. <laughs> Well, like in an X Men movie, if I was doing an X Men movie, I wouldn't make Wolverine the star. No, no, that was always the mistake. The pithy, punchy, like like mouthy background character. It is funny that Hugh Jackman ended up being such a big Hollywood star, even though like the Wolverine character should not have been the focus. I mean, obviously he's a popular character in the comics, but like. I do think if you were to redo it like in the MCU, he would be better as a side character. Because like like I said, there's right. there's only so many places you can take his character, and I think he works better in an ensemble. Other than Hugh Jackman, if you could have any actor from the last fifty years as Wolverine in your 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 X-Men, you know, money's no object dream film, who would you cast? So is this like like even if they're too old now, like I could cast. Yeah, yeah. Any, the, any, like you could take them from their prime. Um. Oh gosh. You know what I just googled right now is a uh, short actors. Uh huh. Let me. Let this me is not what, on your vision board. No, I mean I I know way back in the day, uh, it was like Glenn Danzig. I think was like Wizard Magazine's choice, but that would be stupid, obviously. Mother. Tell your mutants not to look my way. Uh, Jet Li, that would have been interesting back in the day. Um, Jet Li, interesting, very interesting. Speak of the devil, this here's an actor who's below five eight. Uh, he's five. Ooh, that's like my height, five five and a quarter. Daniel Radcliffe. Are you five five? Yes. Fuck you. Okay. Well, okay. Blew mm-hmm. my mind. All right. So Daniel Radcliffe is Wolverine. I. You know, the, I, uh, yeah. the, the actor the boy from Harry Potter, where is he now? <laughs> Hiroyuki Sonata, who played like the um, uh, Mariko's dad in the Wolverine. He's only five, seven. That dude has, I feel like the, the inner well of uh, gravitas. I think to play Wolverine, he's, he's pretty old now though. Elijah Wood. I like he's short. 
I like you kept it in universe to these movies and you weren't like, you know, the guy from Lost. Was he in Lost? Yes, he's in Lost. He's the guy who runs the temple. Is that? Yeah, Dogen. Okay. Yeah, you know, he has like short hair in that, right? I, I was looking at a picture of him with uh, longer hair. It's like slick back. Okay. Also, everyone, if you're listening, I have made the case to Benjamin Light to do a Lost podcast. I did break down mm-hmm. and get to that place internally myself. I just myself. feel like there were already a lot of Lost podcasts is the thing. You know, and, and I will admit post-PLL, that's exactly where I was. For all these projects that people kept emailing us and things about and, you know, we're kind of on our wheelhouse, I would always be like, you know, there's like 20 of them. I don't want to do it. Now, some with some remove, I kind of feel like, okay, what is, if I were to do a show, like what is the show that like I'd want to show up for each week, you know, for us to discuss. And so Lost is like, it's going to always be one of those shows. How about Joe Dempsey? Plus I checked. The obvious title for Lost Podcast. The obvious title of our last podcast has not been taken yet. Oh, yeah? With the hatch? We have to go back. We have to go back. Yeah, I, there's got to be one. I, I didn't see one on iTunes. No. Uh, now that we're publishing this, I'm sure some jerk-off's going to go start one. Some some asshole from Portland's going to go start their last podcast. But yeah, uh, what's his face? Uh, um, Joe Dempsey? Joe Dempsey. He, oh, from, uh, from Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones? Okay. I'm just looking like, at uh, short actors. He's 5'7". I'd like a short Wolverine is my point. Like like a young British I feel Wolverine. Like do a Canadian accent. A. Jack Leeson. <laughs> so, if I could pull like an actor out of the past and like by like the, the rules of the present day, just like make them hit the gym hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. Jack I would totally cast like uh like a maybe in his thirties, like Bob Hoskins. You wouldn't just go DeVito? Just like hard and No, 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 no. Because DeVito is still too comedic. Like uh, still Dabney too Coleman. Short. I think there's uh No, no, no. I want a hard <laughs> as fuck, round, angry Bob Hoskins. Jack Black, he's five six. Uh, How about let me throw this at you. This would be maybe a little stretch. Jack I don't know Black, if he has you making a Jack Black Wolverine movie is how Kathleen Kennedy fires you from mm-hmm. that movie. <laughs> Let me throw this actor out. This may might be a stretch. I don't know if he has a range or not. Zeth Green? He's five four. Wow, I'm taller than Zeth Green. Title. No, not title. Um uh, No thank you. No. <laughs> not feeling it. Thank you. I don't know. This uh, there's like sixty actors on this short actor list. I, it's not not a great list. Whenever the, whenever a movie or TV show does like the the proxy fake like head of Google like Zuckerberg type character, why don't they ever cast Seth Green in that role? Yeah, I don't know. He that does seem like he would fit into like the tech bro like nerd type guy. Here's what I'm saying. Anytime you're going to go give a role to like a Will Wheaton, give it to Seth Green instead. Do you think Tom Cruise could ever have been Wolverine? Yeah, but I think the whole thing back in the 90s where you almost got Wesley Snipes as T'Challa and you got Tom Cruise as Tony Stark, I think that makes more sense. 
Yeah, that's true. Like Dustin the Hoffman is five five. That's a little problematic. Well, he's a little problematic now. But... Michael J. Fox. Estevez. All the winners. Ooh. All the winners. Yeah. Oh god, I think the Charlie Sheen Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Emilio Estevez is just like his audition is just his angry scenes from uh, Men at Work. <laughs> Listen up, punk. I do you think another crazy white boy with a gun? It's Scott Kahn. <laughs> Yeah, I I honestly don't know. I almost feel like you're better off going doing what they did before, which is like finding the the nobody. You know, like nobody had ever heard of Hugh Jackman. Would it, then. Been, it would not have been Dugray Scott. That's for sure. No, no fuck no. Um. Oh yeah. So I I, I do have another another gripe about the movie. Mm. Johnny Cash's The Man Comes Around. That's my gripe. What about it? You're not a fan. Uh, I guess I'm not a fan. Wow. Okay. Just like I the guess, man, the man know, in just, black, fuck him. I guess I just didn't. I didn't feel it. You know, as we cut to cut to cut to black, cut to the music. I wasn't feeling it here. Hmm. Okay. I disagree. Okay, you a big fan of this this placement? Who doesn't like the man comes around by Johnny Cash? I mean, okay, you're a Johnny Cash man comes around, Stan. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. You're not. Interesting. Okay. Now we know who each other is. I, I think we do. Anyways, let's see where I make one change and then uh, our power rankings get out of here. Now we'll see each other. Mm-hmm. Um, can I just say real quick, too? This is a detail that I love. In the Old Man Logan storyline, Old Man Logan lives in Sacramento. <laughs> that can be uh, the next movie in the Greta Gerwig Sacramento trilogy. Expanded universe. Mm-hmm. Cinematic universe. Um, Stuff with X24, uh, I, I can't quite say. It's probably like a longer conversation I have to think about. That would be my my change. Just X24? Yeah, just like uh, what would you either change? cleaning up cleaning up the use of that character, something, something either using more, using less. Um, not that it's not, you know, presented well, like the character and how it's used in this. I mean, it's fine. I do like the point where the where the truck falls on him in the big battle at the end, and the kids are all like, "Yeah!" and Logan's like, "Get the fuck out of here, kids! That's not going to stop me in my prime." <laughs> um, that's I don't know. I, I don't have a full answer there, but probably something of X twenty four is the stuff that I would have I would have changed in some way. Hmm. Okay. What about you? Um, I would have uh, found a different movie to feature earlier in the movie, so that then she could quote it later during the eulogy. I just. I feel like Shane is just played out. I, I like Charles's dialogue about how I saw this movie like almost a hundred years ago or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the eulogy thing, it's, it just didn't land for me at all. I feel like there's some, uh, there's something else they could have done there that would have worked better. Hmm. All right. Well, let's do our power rankings. I have 10. Cool. All right, do it. My number What's 10, number X24. Uh, there's not a whole lot going on there. He's just like a rage monster. Okay. Um, I kind of wonder if ours are going to be very similar. I have him also there. Uh, it's it's not bad. It's it's a good villain for the end of Wolverine's story, for the end of Logan's story, uh, but it's pretty one note. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he's basically like an angry young Wolverine Topa just running at him. Yeah. So, number I nine, I have Richter, <laughs> kid with avalanche's powers. He was the, he was the only one of the the new mutants who really like made an impression on me. Okay. Uh, number nine, I have Gabriella. Oh, okay. All the way down, number nine, despite her Gabriella. her video editing skills on her phone. Not just editing. I mean, the whole package, the whole the whole editing, the shooting, the content, the the monologue that she's written, the voice over it. I mean, powerful is, stuff, man. Powerful this, stuff. This is really a movie of uh, just like kind of unspectacular deaths. You know, like he just like finds her later and she's dead. Like so many people die in this movie in such like kind of offhand, like unheroic ways. Yeah. Well, and Gabriella's like the last. I mean, she's like the last real. Uh, plot hole thing just because of like I feel like she and Laura could have gotten a good deal of the way to even without Logan and like they come and kill her and then they leave and like Laura's just hiding nearby but whatever once once Gabriella's out of the movie it's like okay now we get into the, the real meaty stuff mm-hmm. dig our claws into yeah uh, number eight I had Xander uh, Rice Dr. Rice I also have Dr. Rice uh, Richard Grant Richard E. Grant is He's just like this mushy, wonderful soap opera actor. I really want to go watch Hudson Hawk again right now. <laughs> Bunny, ball, ball. Uh, number seven, I have Donald Pierce, uh, Boyd Holberg's character. He's maybe a little un- underdeveloped. Um, he, he basically has like an accent and like a weird arm. And he's like Mm -hmm. somehow cleverly manages to never really engage too closely with Wolverine or Laura. So he doesn't just get cut up. Well, why do you bring a shit fucking ton of dudes armed to the teeth with guns and then be like, don't shoot at her. She heals. Yeah. Don't you guys have weapons that might be effective on this character? He had a harpoon, which seems like. If they'd all use those, that might have worked out. You know, if he could have like gotten her arms and like stretched her hands out or something like that, so she couldn't cut them. But yeah, well, just I feel like you could have tased her and knocked her out, and it been more effective. Yeah, yeah, maybe. All right. Uh, uh, what do you have seven? for seven? Yeah, I have basically just I lumped all the mutant kids in here: the the bolt, the avalanche, the puppet master. Um. I like them, the little little uh, little rascals of mutant powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, I put all of the Munson family together here, um, just because that seemed like mm. a good place for them. <laughs> Poor, uh, tragic Munson family there, just doomed once the, they encountered these guys. We're going to have a very interesting, almost mirrored conclusion here. My number six is Donald Pierce. Mm. Um I don't know much about Boyd Holbrook. I think he's in that show, which I'll probably never watch. Narcos. Uh, I, I like, yeah, Narcos. Uh, I don't think uh, I don't think he's bad at all. He's not the most developed character, but this is the role where they would have cast a much more like another movie would have cast a much more mediocre actor. Uh, and that's been a trend of a lot of movies where it's like a slightly more action-packed villainous role. Um, but yeah, he's he's very solid. He's not too annoying. He's got that funny little accent. Uh, yeah, he's tossing around business five. cards. Yeah, uh, number five, I had Gabriella. 
the documentarian. Uh, poor Gabriella. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like she okay. uh, she brought an emotional weight, you know, and like especially just telling the story of like what they were doing to these kids. Um, and then it's like, oh, there she's dead. She's just, just a dead body. Mm. I, I liked how in the video she was just like, there's no more money. I lied. I'm sorry. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Later on, <laughs> Laura asked Logan where he's going to go. Now he's like brought her there and he's just like to a bar probably. <laughs> what? I gave the money back. Leave me alone. <laughs> Sunseeker. Uh, my number five is like you, I just lumped all the Munsons in together mm-hmm. because I think that's kind of the point. It's not that Eric LaSalle or Elise Neal or the boy stand out too strongly. They are just a family. They're just a happy know, family like other, until yeah. these guys showed up. Yeah, They have their own daily struggles and tragedies, and then they get that much worse when they take in this other you know, family off the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, I had Caliban. My man yeah. Caliban. He- he uh he's really good in the first act, then he doesn't have a bunch to do besides get tortured, you know. Um but yeah, he's yeah. really good. So surprisingly good. I think when I saw this, I didn't even know he like that that character was in it. Well, it made me want to like go look at pictures of Steven Merchant and see if his eyes really do naturally bulge out that much. <laughs> I mean, talk about just it, it's kind of like uh, it reminded me a little bit of Obviously, there's a lot more going on here makeup-wise, but like Tom Hardy's bang, bang, like before he even does his funny voice, you know, his distorted voice, there's a look to that character that's pretty intense that implies a lot of presence, and Caliban definitely has that. What do you got for number four? Oh, that was my number four. Oh, yeah? Okay. Well, our top three, these should be interesting. I had Laura at number three. Um, okay. Great character. I would love to see a new mutants movie with her in it. You know, I don't know how old she is by now. Like she's, mm-hmm. she's probably going to be hitting like her teenage years in, in the next year or two. I would imagine like I'd rather see her and some of these other kids in a new mutants movie than whatever the fuck they're doing with uh guy from stranger things. But yeah, no, I like her is X 23. Like, She's just like savage and ferocious and like genuinely kind of scary, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like young Daphne King Fernandez is amazing. She's my number three as well. Uh, I would only want to see her continue in the X universe. If it's coming out of this, if it features the, like the other kids or, you know, recast version of the other kids or something like that. I don't want to see her get like folded into dark Phoenix or any of that shit. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, I don't, I don't think you do her any favors by, or, or Jennifer Lawrence favors by forcing them into a scene together where they have to pretend that mystique is like a great X-Men character or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I'd love to see this young actor, like do more stateside. Number two. I think, I think uh, next year are pretty. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see. I had Logan at number two. Um, wow. Okay. All right. I mean, he's you know uh, Hugh Jackman's doing great work through the whole movie. It's very much like a western type of role. You know, he doesn't talk all that much. He mostly just curses a lot. Um, but he leaves it all on the table. I feel like I feel like Hugh Jackman was like, I'm finally doing the movie I want to do here, and then I'm done. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I would agree. My number two is 
the opposite of yours, of course. It's Professor X. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is a great send off to Patrick Stewart uh, as character in this. I hope the actor is with us for a much, much longer. But he is getting older when he speaks in interviews and stuff. You can tell, you know, it's not the Patrick Stewart we think about from Next Generation or what have you. So this would be just the great last role for any actor it's it's more there's more here than he's ever gotten in this role or he's gotten in most of his you know trips to the big screen um i think he's great and i think it's definitely a a piece written for an actor who's a little bit brave who's willing to play a a sad (laughs) non-engineering invalid actually i'm a non-engineering yeah uh yeah i had uh charles number one just i felt like every scene he was in he was just crushing like he's he's just so good and like he said it's it's not always a uh a flattering role for him but he's just like nailing every piece of it and mm-hmm. like him and Hugh Jackman both uh, Patrick Stewart like they've been playing these characters forever and a lot of times not given the greatest material to work with and it's like they finally have some some real steak to chew on here Let's get real. In the 90s, he was cast Professor X because of his hairline. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a bald guy. He seems sort of kind of erudite and smart. He could sit in a wheelchair and be Professor X. Yeah, he was like the most obvious casting choice in, ever. Put him in a suit. It was like, I think they sat down. And they were like, here's the money we have. We can't afford Angela Bassett. Let's at least get Patrick Stewart. Uh yeah, so my number one is. I think is they could have Logan afforded Angela Jackman, Bassett uh, in the nineties. Yeah, maybe. Well, no, they they were just well. they wanted somebody young for uh, Storm, seemingly. Whatever. Yeah. Um, this is the the a fitting cap to seventeen years of an actor playing this character. I mean, you feel the weight of all of those cameos in the fucking first class movies. I haven't seen obviously Apocalypse, but I know it's like a pretty useless it's cameo awful. that he does. It's so dumb. Yeah, he's just like yeah. running around in like underwear with like the the like the Weapon X like weird like head goggles on. You know, like this like weird little like electronic headpiece thing that he has. It's so stupid. Super super dumb. Um, and I went like Google pictures from the first X Men movie just to see <laughs> how fucking oh, young yeah. Hugh Jackman looked in that. And um, there are some scenes where he's doing the Wolverine thing. I mean, he's he's he is in totality of this role from the 17 years from the the nine movies. It's all here, which is why I think you can make the argument. It's not like he crushes it in every scene because some of the scenes are just him in a tank top running through the woods, like screaming at bad guys. But just some of the scenes where like he's burying Professor X, and you know, it's it's a great example of an actor doing incredible work without words like Mm -hmm. the absolute loss of them so i I just had to give to the title character all right well i think it's fair to say you both like this movie recommend yes for sure yeah definitely recommend um i mean if you'd never seen another x-men movie i feel like you you still get it it's gonna be not the same experience but i think it's still a good movie even if you haven't seen the others well, it's like shit. I mean, have you ever seen a Western? Same thing. Yeah. It's not like I needed to see the seven preceding Alan Ladd led Shane movies, you know? 
I mean, this definitely makes me want to see a uh, Last of Us movie. Like, I know that's been in like development hell forever. I think, I think right. Maisie Williams might be a little old for that now. Yeah. Um, you never, uh, you know, you then, just played the intro to that game, right? Yeah. Okay. You, you have me like watch like the cutscene or whatever. Do you actually play it? I guess you are. You're back in the truck, like looking around. You played a little, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's like a virus or something. Is the thing That's, here? It's um a uh, fungus. Word. Okay. Um, I I don't know. Like I wouldn't have wanted to see this like at like a midnight showing. I don't think. I don't know. Like oh, they, don't I, need, they don't need to do midnight it, showings anymore. Well, I think they do, but they also do like the five showings leading up to midnight. Like I don't, I don't. I guess there's a certain kind of audience I wouldn't want to see this with. Mm. You know, the dude bros who love to scream and yell. Because um, it's it's just not that kind of movie. But yeah, I'm glad that you finally twisted my arm. And mm. I watched it. Yeah, yeah. I think it was you're a better a, person than I am. A needed thing to be watched. Uh, what are we gonna watch next week? Such a fantastic question. What are we gonna watch next week? I have no idea. Um, we just did a good movie. Doesn't mean we have to do a bad one now. Doesn't mean it, but it's it's <laughs> it's likely that we will. I feel like we got some suggestions recently that I'm trying to recall right now. Um, maybe on the Twitters. Maybe on the Twitter. Yeah, I had a list here. Let me pull up my list. I mean, I do. I, I do appreciate the people who who suggest things to us. Some of the times, you know, I think some of the stuff you tweet at us, it's like, if you really think about it, we are never going to do that on this podcast, but I oh, appreciate like what? that you think that you think about us in the sense that you'd be curious to our reaction. Hmm. Um, like, I don't know, like if we'll ever do like the big sick on like a headcanon thing. I mean, at some point I do want to watch the big sick. I just don't know if that's like a headcanon. I don't know episode. if that would be very fun to do because it's seemingly just like a really so, good movie. Yeah. Thank you. Raised by TV podcast for suggesting that Batman forever. Yeah. Amber suggested, uh, Oh boy next door. That, that actually might be fun from Amanda there. Kind of, uh, I was very curious about that when it first came out just because it it felt like the right mirrored uh, to like PLL thing. Um, By the way, uh, Life Sentence like, uh, comes out tomorrow. Ooh. Are we going to watch that? Are we going to do a Life Sentence podcast? <laughs> I, I don't think we need to do a whole podcast on it. I guess I'll watch it. I saw a review right before we started podcasting that like all of my thoughts about like like my impressions just from the trailer that they aired like six months ago. It was like mm-hmm. this, this whole review just like hit all the, the kind of worries that I already had about the show, you know, about how it's like all the drama has like the kind of like the corner sanded off and it's like, there's not enough conflict. I was like, yeah, that's exactly the mm-hmm. feeling I got from all the advertising and marketing of this show. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. That's going to be a weird one. Cause I, I just, worry how you're going to sustain um, at least 10 episodes or whatever of a season of that. And it seems like it's a show that has a big supporting cast as you get into like her family. And I'm sure 
whoever her family is, like they've got storylines that come with them. And it's like, I don't know. It, I mean, have you seen any of like the little promos and stuff? I'm sure you have like on Instagram or, or whatever. It's like, I just saw the initial, like, what is this show about? She's, from- she's playing tennis with lemons. And then like, she's lying in bed with her like husband and they're just smiling. Like, what the hell is this show about? She's got an umbrella that's shining light on her. What does it mean? Like, like it's called life sentence for some reason. You, you think you're watching like fucking like pushing daisies or something. Yeah. Well, they're, so she doesn't have cancer. She's not going to die. She has to actually live now. It's, it's like a Paolo Coelho type plot. Well, it made me think there was some failed CW show like last year, the year before about a woman who meets a weird bohemian dude who can prove to her that their world's going to end in some, uh, at some point, like in the next year. And so they have to like really live and enjoy the time. And it's like, how long before that premise, that energy peters out? Oh, it's like, where does, where's the conflict? There's it's always been my, my question. Like, what is the conflict? And it sounds like there's not enough of it from the review. I don't know. It's one review. Maybe it's not that bad. Uh, we'll see. But like, but- is the, is the show quirky enough that the Lucy Hale character is like, oh shit, what do I do now that I'm in my early 20s and I have to find a life that will be full of meaning or whatever? Like, I have a very supportive family and husband. There's just going to be some money issues. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Let me, you know, the boy next door is on my list. That's funny. Let me throw out some other names at you. Well, like someone tweeted like Eternal Sunshine to us. You know, the big like, sick is on here. That's a great movie. It's a great movie. I just don't know if we're ever gonna like podcast about the Eternal Sun, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. No adaptation. I mean, I, I do have a good story about. It. I, I'd rather do Eternal Sunshine than adaptation. Um, uh, let me just throw some names at you. Uh, Power Rangers, the new one. Yeah. Okay. What else you got? Just throwing names. Uh, that last part's the Caribbean movie. What was the forest? Is that the the Natalie? Is the Natalie Dormer one where she goes to the Japanese suicide forest? Logan Paul. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, maybe it's the Natalie. That seems like in bad taste. I don't. I don't think (laughs) the movie is in bad taste necessarily. I have no idea. Um, maybe it is. Gods of Egypt (laughs) in bad taste. Um, Mother's Day, Inferno. We wanted to do some more of uh, Dan Brown. Uh, do we want to do some more Dan Brown? I don't know. The Fifth Wave. Do you remember seeing a million trailers for that in front of The Force Awakens? That's like the Chloe Moretz. Uh, that, was, that was like her thing. That was her divergent. It didn't really take off. Yeah. Do you know Daisy Ridley okay. has one of those coming out? Eventually? That seems like it's. That's the one where she wears a funny wig. She's blonde like wig. blonde, and it's like all the girls are dead except for her or something, I think, or, or it's some, it's like one of the genders. They're all dead. I think is, is what's going on there. Let me just warn you the forest produced by David Goyer. Oh, no, thank um, you. That's, that's a hard pass. I just produced by, but I feel like fifth wave. Uh, I'm not excited about it, but that might be in our, that might be it's under kind our, of in our wheelhouse, but I kind of don't want to watch it next week either. Um, should we do fantastic beasts eventually? I mean, we probably should, right? You want to do that like in two weeks? Okay. Well, what are we going to do next week? Will well, we? Do, also, well, let me, I, let me, will we do a podcast in two weeks? Might as well, right? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Be a unique situation that we can do mm-hmm. it in. Um, 
Oh, I, I was going to say, I know this is like not next week, this is future stuff. I was thinking maybe after Infinity War, we actually start the Marvel movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. We finally do the Marvel movies. You well, know, there's no, there's I, no, there's no scenario which we're, you went on to, I have been kind of trepidatious. There's no scenario by which we watch all of them before Infinity War now. No, so we might as well watch the time. brand new one and then rewind. Yeah. The problem with those is like there's probably like three different podcasts that I listen to occasionally who've like started doing the Marvel movies. And so I feel like Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of thoughts about like phase one. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, to me, not the interesting phase. I mean, it's fine. The movies are entertaining, but like, I don't know. It's like I feel like those will be like a struggle to get through. Maybe we'll see. Um, Okay. well, I mean, you know, we have some time to, you know, fine-tune that plan what was exodus gods and kings is that like that moses movie with christian bale maybe i think so yeah, yeah ridley scott yeah no thanks uh let's be cops i've seen that no that's more of a that like it's harder for us to do comedies i think yeah on the yeah that's true i kind of want to make you watch draft they're, day they're intentionally silly absurd I kind of want to make you watch draft day just because you you don't know anything about football. I'm curious to see what the reaction would be there. Is that a Costner movie? Yeah. He's like a football GM. I mean, it looks terrible. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. By all accounts, it's fucking awful. So I don't know if we really want to do that one. Um, Let's see. We did divergent. Big, big. Um, The Martian. Are we going to do money ball right after draft day? R.A.P.D. Oof. Ooh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather watch Seven. Uh, Aronofsky's Noah. I haven't seen that. Oh, we should talk Neither about too. I. Aronofsky. Remember, he was the guy who was going to do the Wolverine, <laughs> and he didn't. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it would have been interesting, but yeah, who knows what that would have been? Now you see me. Just the first one? I, the first one's better. There's no point in doing the, the second one. The second one is trash. Yeah, the second what, one is just... What about... Hans- what, a, what a missed opportunity. Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters? You've seen that, right? <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's something. Uh, where, where can I find that? Can I find that someplace? Uh, that's a good point. Is it on Netflix? I'd love to hear that. It's just like waiting to stream on Netflix. I think we, we need that to be like either on Netflix or Amazon, right? Yeah. Well, I, I think that's helpful to a lot of our listeners too. Mm-hmm. I want to say that was like a rule. Like what was the one podcast that had that rule? I think it was loose lips. They had that rule and I had to be where listeners could find it too to follow along. So, Not that we're always going to follow that, but. Yeah, I don't think it's one. on Amazon Prime. That's, right, I'll have to like download it. Cool. Do you want to do that one? Next week? Well, we got to do something. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, I guess my question for you. So we'll do, we'll do with Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, what are we doing in two weeks? I thought we were What's doing... special movie? Didn't we just pick a movie for that? Uh, Fantastic Beasts? Do we? I've, oh, God. Are we doing that in two weeks? Okay. I mean, we can. Are you wanna you wanna you wanna watch it then, too? Yeah, sure. 
Marco's going to be here. That's why it's our special. I would, week. I would like to watch. I would. Yeah, it's our special week. <laughs> mm-hmm. They let me. They let me out of prison for one weekend, and uh, Benji has to escort me around. It's like Rain Man. Um, I would rather watch that with you because I don't. You saw it, right? <laughs> I need. Yeah, I need someone to hold my hand to make me watch that again. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> that next, gives you any kind of indication of how I feel about that movie. Next week we'll do Hansel and Gretel: Witch Hunters, which is a bad movie. Um, I'm excellent. Interested like, like, to get your take juicy? on that. It's like okay. it. It definitely feels like in parts of the movie, at least some of the actors thought it was all a joke. You know, and they're yes. like they're kind of playing it like a raunchy comedy, but then in other parts it's played totally straight, and so it's a little weird. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, cool. All right. Well, yeah, a great movie to follow Logan with. Mm-hmm. Another classic. Jer- Jeremy Renner and Gemma Arterton. I'll jump on Amazon and see if I can get the Criterion disc delivered to me before we record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, All right. Okay, cool. Later. Later.